When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How do we help boys thrive in school? How do we help them set themselves up for success? Stay tuned. This is the On Boys Parenting Podcast. We are your co-hosts, Jennifer L.W. Fink of buildingboys.net, and I'm Janet Allison of boysalive.com. Thank you for being here. Thank you, too, for supporting our sponsors. It means a lot when you click through and you check out a sponsor when you purchase from a sponsor. That means they want to circle back and keep going with us. And that's a good thing because then we can keep going with you. Again, thank you. How do we help boys thrive in school? That is a question we often ask here on On Boys. And a lot of time, we end up adapting it to how can we help boys survive school? Because school, as it currently exists in many places, isn't a good fit for a lot of boys. I realized a question that we have rarely asked is, what can boys do to help set themselves up for school success? What can we do to help boys successfully navigate school? That, my friends, is what we are going to tackle today. Joining us is returning guest, Dr. Todd Feltman, an educator and author. His latest book is transforming into a powerful third, fourth, or fifth grade navigator of school success. Welcome, Todd. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here with both of you this afternoon. Let's talk about why third, fourth, fifth grade are so challenging and important for boys. Third, fourth, and fifth grade is a critical time for boys to take charge of their education. They were in school since 3K or pre-K, kindergarten, first, second, and grade. But third, fourth, and fifth grade, students are really moving from learning to read to reading to learn. And it's really important, beginning at third grade, that students have strategies to take charge of their education from the moment they wake up in the morning until they go to sleep. It's really essential that we as parents and educators of boys are preparing them to navigate the struggles within school. It's not just the academic struggles, but it's also the socialization the emotional and physical struggles. So it's imperative that boys learn these strategies at a young age in order to take charge of their education. And what I mean by take charge is that they're in school for about six to seven hours of school during the school day. And they are bombarded with what the teachers are teaching them and asking them to do. But if they have these internal strategies that they can use within their subject areas, within the cafeteria, within the special classes they visit, they should be prepared 
to have a successful school year and feel more confident about themselves because they are becoming powerful navigators of school success. It occurs to me listening to you talk that, I mean, a lot of this is teaching boys how to do school. And I put air quotes around that. And I'm going to need your help here. Um, I've never been a boy. I've been a girl my whole life. And I was very much the people pleaser. I'll just do whatever you tell me thing. Like it honestly never occurred to me to teach these, to teach strategies of like how to do school. And yet I've, I know there's since been a lot of conversations, like kids don't know study skills. Like this stuff is not necessarily inherent to people. This is so true. The students, the boys, especially need to learn these strategies because as you mentioned, school isn't built for boys. There's a lot of sitting. There's a lot of raising their hands. There's a lot of following rules. There's a lot of taking turns. And I'm not saying that we want to um, eliminate the boys from these matters. It's more that we want them to have the tools to be successful. So for example, I, as a fact, I know being a boy and I know about boys, it's hard for them to sit still in the classroom. So one of the recommendations I propose is if they feel they need to stand up during the school day, they can talk to their teacher in advance and maybe they can make like a little signal to the teacher that just that child and the teacher knows and then they feel empowered. Mm -hmm. I also mentioned that boys could ask to be woken up like 15 minutes early in the morning and they could do some exercise, whether it's some stretching, some jumping jacks, sit-ups, push-ups, running in place, just to get the body moving. I think that's really important. Another strategy that I propose is if, if boys come into school grumpy or upset, that if they can inform their teacher quietly, just saying that they're in a bad mood or a bad state of mind, it frees them up. They're letting the teacher know. And in turn, the teacher is better able to deal with the students. For example, currently I'm working as an intensive reading interventionist. And I had a boy come in, a fourth grade boy today, who was really angry, really fuming. And I could just tell it. So we were doing some work on sound drills with letters and digraphs. And I just kind of gave him that opportunity just to get into the lesson. I didn't nag him to say the sounds and all that. And then he actually participated a lot. So that was really beneficial. Another strategy that I think can really help boys in the classroom, and I think I've discussed this strategy before, is boys should ask the, their teachers if they can draw before they write. We know mm -hmm. oftentimes boys are visual learners. And if they ask and request that before they before they begin the writing process, they can draw out their ideas. They can also use their ideas to guide their writing. So the writing assignment becomes less threatening and they, they complain less that they're not tired from writing. As you're talking, Todd, I, I was a former educator and I just think, you know, so much of this, if we could just flip it around and the teachers actually implemented these things and actually knew these things. And Jen and I have talked on here so many times about how much the school system needs to change. But what I love about what you're doing is also 
encouraging the boys to be advocates for themselves. And, you know, it may take some guidance from the parents, some support in that way and coaching for actually how do you go in as a third grader and tell your teacher you're grumpy. That might take a little practice, but, you know, for them, for boys to start seeing that, oh, I have some agency within the yeah. system that feels so overwhelming and where they feel most, I would say many boys feel like they don't belong and they don't fit. Excellent point. And one of my goals when I was writing this book was really thinking about those boys because I've done a lot of work on boys. And as you mentioned, Janet, it's so true. They don't feel like they belong. But I'm hoping through these strategies and I'm hoping through their practice that they will be able to take charge of their education. They'll be able to make sure that their homework is in their book bag the night before. So they come in with their homework. They'll make sure that they keep a couple pencils in their desk so they won't keep being nagged for pencils. They'll learn how to cope when someone is making fun of them rather than just saying stop. They'll know to be specific. I would like you to stop calling me that name. They will also know how to compliment a teacher if he or she does an engaging, exciting lesson and hopefully that will lead to future exciting lessons. They'll have opportunities to discuss books with their classmates that might interest them. For example, I was just sharing a book about Jason Reynolds with a student today, a fourth grader, about Miles Morales, and he really was interested. So we wanna, I want to help students be able to share book recommendations. I'm also very focused on the aspect of sleep. Oftentimes our students come in sleepy today. Many of my students were very sleepy and we just talked about the fact about the importance of getting good night's sleep, shutting the technology off 30 minutes to 60 minutes before you go to sleep because it does interfere with the sleep and it does, it affects the melatonin that helps. It's a hormone that helps people fall asleep and stay asleep. So that's imperative. Also making sure that our children go to sleep relaxed, that they try to go to sleep with a, a clear mind and that they feel that they can talk about what's on their mind before they go to sleep. Furthermore, the importance of in the morning, making sure that the child advocates for himself to have breakfast, whether it's at home or school. Oftentimes, children may miss, boys might mix, miss breakfast in school. And rather than speaking up, they're hungry and it may cause them to be sleepy mm. and put their head on the desk and get in trouble. And if I want to advocate for them to, if they're hungry, to just let the teacher know, not to be afraid, not to be threatened, but this is something that's going to improve their well-being and education. I hate that we are at a point where we are ha having to teach children to advocate, to say for I'm food. hungry before yeah. we get adults to consider that. That is just sad to me. That's, yeah. that's my personal position. We have to back up a little bit. Janet, I saw this all over your face and I know some listeners mm -hmm. were thinking, yes, I did. I saw, <laughs> I know listeners are thinking this too. You know, Todd, you're talking about, you know, you, the boy, he'll have his backpack ready and he'll have his pencils. That sounds too good to be true in so many cases. I'm not saying that it is impossible but uh, the reality is that a lot of children 
many of whom are boys struggle with this for a long time. And I don't know if it's because they don't know they should bring their stuff to school. How do you address that, Todd? Okay, so it's it's really important to meet with um, the students, especially the boys in small groups, and model this practice. So actually have a backpack ready, have folders, and really show them what it looks like to sit down and complete your homework, and then what it looks like to put the homework back in the folder or the binder, and then physically put it in the book bag, and, and giving students an opportunity like that to do. Also with the pencils, um, showing them where they could keep their pencils, modeling it, they keep it inside their desk, or they keep it in a pencil pouch. Um, also showing them, as, as you brought up, Jen, the fact of organ organization. So one of the things that educators need to advocate for is helping boys especially organize their papers and see which papers can stay home, which papers can stay in school, and which papers can be thrown out. So one of the ways I do this is I will model with boys, showing them after we do a particular assignment, I'll show them where in the folder to put it, and we'll do checks for understanding to make sure they're following that. I'm also a big advocate for reminding boys to put the dates on all documents. So I model this and that way it's a way to keep track of what what they did and when they've done it. And it's something that they can refer to. But organization takes a lot of time. But if boys especially can get this down, it'll be much easier. Once they complete their work at home, they put it away. They check it off in their homework log and they move on. The other point um, that connects with this too, that if students have questions about their homework, I ask them just to make an attempt to do their best. But if they have questions, mm -hmm. I want to advocate for them to come in and feel comfortable. And we, we practice this role play a conversation about what it looks like to ask a question and what it looks like to ask for help and for them not to lose faith in themselves, but realize that they're yeah taking um, an added risk by asking a question and they're taking charge of their education. I think there's an important thread here, Todd, that you're talking about and that we might forget as busy parents. And that is we need to be so specific with our boys. We may think that, oh, if we tell them or we ask them, did you, you know, is all your homework because you're backpack ready to go. I mean, I was on a family coaching call just this morning and getting to school was a mess because guess what? He was looking for one thing that should have been in his backpack. And, and I think that's probably a familiar theme all across the world. So it's remembering that this is a practice you can't just say it and expect right. your yeah. boy who's probably distracted by a million different thoughts to follow through. It's like when they were toddlers and you were helping them potty train or tie their shoes or, you know, all the things. Think how many times we had to show yes. them, move them through this specific thing so that it could become a habit. And that's what's happening now. What you're saying with these strategies is these are these are habit building opportunities, and it's not going to just be oh here's son here's the book with the strategies. It's going to have to have some adult leadership and guidance 
to instill those strategies. More about how you can support your son after these messages from our sponsors. This episode is sponsored by By Heart. Babies need to eat. And whether you breastfeed or bottle feed, use formula, combine all of the above, you need options. We wanted to let you know about By Heart Baby Formula. By Heart has a patented protein blend that gets the closest to breast milk. It includes two of the most abundant proteins in breast milk. And Byheart actually ran a clinical trial comparing their formula to a leading infant formula and proved that babies on Byheart have softer poops, less spit up, and easier digestion. Byheart is also the only U.S.-made infant formula to use organic, grass-fed whole milk. So if you need baby formula for your baby, consider Byheart. New customers can get 10% off your first order by using code ONBOYS at byheart.com. That's B-Y-H-E-A-R-T dot com slash podcast. And it is 10% off your first order. Byheart.com slash podcast. This is a limited time offer and additional terms and conditions may apply. One of the most challenging things about being a woman at midlife is realizing how little people understand about perimenopause and menopause, Janet. I just had a conversation with my sister about that this weekend. She is 10 years younger than me, so I'm 51, she's 41, and she went to ask her healthcare provider, hey, can you provide me some information? And she got information, but she was frustrated by how incomplete, it seems, how little we know and how for way too many people, the answer seems to be, yep, that's the way it is. Deal with it. Mm -hmm. Deal with it. And not only are our mamas out there having to deal with perimenopause likely at this age, but many of our moms are dealing with their sons entering or in puberty, which is kind of nature's Irony, which is, oof. Cruel joke, Janet. Cruel joke. Cruel joke. Thankfully, thankfully, increasingly, there are those who are recognizing that women need and deserve competent care and treatment for perimenopause and menopausal symptoms. And we know that can still be harder to access than it should be, which is why we have partnered with Winona. Winona helps women who are dealing with menopause or perimenopause. Winona is a collection of OBGYN health professionals who believe that your symptoms are important, real, and deserve to be taken seriously. Telehealth, you can access care from your home when it is convenient for you. Visit buywinona.com today to start your free visit with free U.S. shipping and the ability to pause or cancel at any time. Your path to wellness has zero obligations. Use the code ONBOYS at buywinona.com for 25% off your first order. That's B-Y-W-I-N-O-N-A.com slash ONBOYS. Winona, menopause care made easy. Yes, in full, in full agreement. The, the parents need to support the child while they're using the book. 
and they have to be supportive in the in the in the time being like it's going to take time and they need to be patient because if the parent starts get, getting frustrated and that happens the boy is less likely to do it he's more likely to forget other things so if it can be like a smooth practice and not everything at once the first goal is getting the homework in the book bag and then another strategy would be like just preparing whatever else you need to be in the book bag but baby steps yeah. that's what they need and mm -hmm. and asking the boys to let the parent know is this working what we're doing and yeah. if it is working great if not the boy can give us a suggestion i don't think mm -hmm. we ask enough of our boys they they are full of ideas. They've, yeah. they have lived experience and we yes. need to listen to them. They have amazing ideas and they can come up with better ideas than adults. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. that right there, I don't think we ask enough of our boys is such a pervasive um, thing. And uh, we, Janet, you and I, Todd, you probably as well, everybody in the United States and likely around the world, we talk so much about disorganized middle school boys. You know, they are not bringing home their homework. They're not getting their stuff done. We worry about them in high school. And a lot of us don't think about teaching our third grade boys how to be organized, mm -hmm. how to organize your schoolwork. They still, you know, third grade, you're a little kid yet. You're in many ways a little kid. And it seems easier, put my famous air quotes around that, to just do it for them. But what mm -hmm. you are telling us, and the reality is, is that if we don't start teaching these skills in small bits when they're young, of course we end up with middle schoolers who aren't organized. That's why it's it's critically important um, as you mentioned, Jen, to begin at the third grade level and build it up fourth grade, fifth grade, because we want these upper elementary school students to enter middle school, not just with the academics and the socialization, but we want them to um, enter with the, um, the school navigation preparedness. We want them to know what it takes to be a successful student. What is a middle school boy can I do to make my day easier? to make it mm -hmm. more joyful, to make it less complicated. So like when they have to open their locker, they need to practice opening the locker a few times, helping them organize the locker, explaining like how you can organize it, what side you put the books on that works for you, where you put your folders, where you put any excess clothing or any meals. It's that you maybe, important. maybe, maybe should take your gym clothes home more than, you know, once a semester. And get them washed. Yes. Yeah. So it's, and it's also like just building on what both of you said, it's real life preparation. Yeah. So the more we can prepare our boys in third, fourth, and fifth grade, the more successful they're going to be as adults. Mm -hmm. They're going to have these skills that they can share with their friends. They can share with their colleagues, but they themselves can be confident. They can be ready to take charge of whatever career whatever focus they have in life, they will have that. And it's it's really something that's lacking in schools. And I think the academics, of course, is important, reading, rap, writing, math, science, music, arts, social studies. But these life skills are so important for success. And I think it could really change the outlook on boys. 
I think it could help empower them, help them achieve more in the classroom, have higher scores in ELA and math tests, even though that's not the where all and end all. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So Todd, I have a question for you. I'm thinking about that first grade boy and that second grade boy who is already feeling very disheartened and disillusioned with school. And of course, we want to teach them these strategies and these life skills, but they're already feeling a little jaded and a little resistant. What would you say to the parent who is trying to get them up 15 minutes earlier so they can move their bodies or help them get their backpack organized, but there's, there's some resistance. Of course. So just connecting to what I said earlier, Janet, it's done in baby steps and it's done in modeling. And I think it's wonderful at the first grade level, getting the the boy involved, letting him know the why, because each of my strategies in my book have a why, because students have the right to know why. So Mm -hmm. setting the stage, showing them how to put their completed homework in their book bag, explaining to them the perk of getting up 15 minutes earlier is A, there'll be less time to rush in the morning. B, you'll have hopefully some time to do some exercises. C, it may put you in a better state of mind. So you could definitely introduce these strategies at a first and second grade level and take the lead of the boy. If the boy is gravitating toward them and digesting them and implement them. Great. If it's taking a little while, there's some resistance, then you start out slow. Maybe you, you introduce one strategy a week. You see how that's going. Then maybe later on, you can have more strategies. And the key thing with the hundred strategies within my book is that not every strategy is going to work for every boy. They have to buy into the strategy. They have to feel it connects to them and then they can apply the strategy and then they can practice it and then hopefully own it and, and share it with share it with their friends and share it with their families. You mentioned it's important to share the why. And we skip that a lot with our little kids and our young boys because it's time consuming, because it seems so obviously apparent to us, but we forget to include the why. And so when we don't, it's totally understandable that they're like, well, no, that doesn't resonate with me or my life. They don't think that way. They just think that's dumb. Uh, (laughs) You said something that I wanted to go back to. You know, you talked about framing this for boys. You know, what can you do as a boy to make your day at school easier and more joyful? That is a completely different framing than most of us, frankly, use when we talk to our boys about school. I want boys to feel ready and joyful throughout the day. And in order for them to do that, they they need to be immersed in these strategies. One particular strategy I'm using right now with um, my students in my intensive reading groups is they have a feelings check-in. We're using a book by Diane Albert. Um, we're using her different feelings. And students have a, phys- a graphic that they look at and they can state how they're feeling. And then I have some sort of fun question, whether it's a favorite color or about the weekend or a favorite book or favorite movie, it gets them talking. And I really want them to find ways that they can be successful in school and find parts of school that are joyful. As we know, boys often 
love physical education, love running around, love recess, love lunch. But we don't want students, like we don't want our boys constantly looking at the clock and seeing when is it time to go home? How can I get out of here? So by them practicing these strategies and by them having teachers who really go the extra mile, mm-hmm. who who care for them and understand them as learners and provide them that tough love that I'm going to push you, not literally, but I'm going to push you because I know you can do well. I'm also going to find out what your hidden strengths are that may not always come out in the classroom. And I'm going to have those conversations with you when I feel like you're having a difficult day or you need that extra um, tender love and care. It's about the educators knowing the students, but the students having the skills to really um, take charge of their education and feel comfortable in the classroom and not feel that the classroom is not welcoming to them. Every student has a strength that they can share. It's just about teaching them how to unpack their strength, apply their strength, and get to know their teachers as individuals, find out a little about them, and just feel supported and feel that they have the confidence. I think maybe some of us busy parents forget to focus on what our boys are doing well, because we get so caught up in, you know, get your bag, we got to go, It's we're late, all the things you forgot we forget that they actually are doing some things well and successfully. And if we can amplify those and be really specific about them, not just the good job, hey, you did great. It's gotta be really specific for our boys so that they can go, oh, whoa, I did that. Oh, I'm gonna do more of that because as you said, the why because wow, it feels good to have that 15 minutes of movement in the morning. Right, and just connecting to what you said, Janet, like that the specific praise is so important. I liked I liked the way you wrote a topic sentence for your um, narrative writing, or I like, I like the way you really took your time forming your letters for your spelling test, but that specific praise. Yeah. And then And we want to advocate for the boys supporting one another. So that's one of my agreements Mm. I have in the reading groups. It's not just about getting compliments for you, but it's about empowering others and helping others and being a community advocate and being there to support one another. What would you say uh, to parents about looping in and including their son's teachers in this this process? And, And here's where I'm thinking. I think that it is a very empowering idea to let even young boys know, hey, you know, if you are feeling off or you're upset because your dog is sick, uh, you know, your grandpa's in the hospital, whatever it is, you know, let your teacher know so that they understand that you've got something else on your mind. And I don't think every third or fourth grade teacher is ready for or open to those conversations. They're not used to third grade boys advocating for themselves. I'm so glad you brought that up because I just experienced this currently in the um, school that I'm working as an intensive reading interventionist. Um, The other day, I was getting ready to do an assessment on a student and this fifth grader boy told me what he went through in the morning. And the other day, a second grader told me, boy, that he lost his his dog. Um, and 
So obviously I, I was listening carefully and I felt very pleased that they trusted me. And mm -hmm. um, I communicated to the teacher about the situation. But I think, I think it's important that parents loop in the teachers and the parents um, advocate for the students to go up to the teacher and let them know. Um, but I think the beginning stages, if something's going on, whether it's sickness in the family or death or even divorce, um, I think it's very important that parents communicate to the teacher and then the parents help the child communicate it in their own in their own way. And teaching the kid also advocating that we don't just announce it in front of everybody because it's nobody's business, but we just find a time that we can go over to the teacher and just say, this is what's going on. And it it is taking a risk and it's hard, but I think that as students feel, boys especially feel empowered to do this, they're going to feel less of that armor that they feel that they're wearing in the classroom mm -hmm. that connects to the boy code. Part of it with the educators is that boys, sometimes boys may not tell a particular teacher what's going on because they don't feel that teacher has a trust or have their, their backing. And um, they'll say I, things like that teacher doesn't like me. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's so hard. Like, and that, and that's another, that's a whole nother topic as parents we need to find out when the boy says that teacher doesn't like me like what does it mean and help mm -hmm. if other teachers can work with these boys and find out like what that means because it's hard to sit in a classroom for five or six hours feeling not liked or feeling like you get picked on and so forth so it's really I would suggest like just having a conversation when the child says that but not like not grinding them because they're not going to appreciate it. But like, as we discussed before, Janet and Jen, like taking them for a walk, shooting some basketball hoops, um, going grocery mm -hmm. shopping, and it might come out more. And then if they say the teacher doesn't like me, like um, you could say what's been going on in the classroom. So to try to get some open ended conversation going on and it might, it might come out. But I think that before boys especially are going to do work and do their best in most cases, they have to feel that the teacher cares about them yes. and that they have a positive relationship and they feel listened to and supported because otherwise they might do the work, but it's more just doing it for compliance and they're not learning much and it's not fair. Every year of education in a boy's life is critically important. It can't be brought back again more about the positivity and empoweringness of Todd's book after these messages from our sponsors. We all know that vitamins can help fill nutritional gaps in our diet, but a lot of us don't like to take vitamins because we don't like swallowing pills. How do you feel about that, Janet? There's some days that I look at my vitamins and go, yeah, I should take those. I'll do it later. But I'll tell you what's changed. I have gotten Easy Melt vitamins. I have the D3 and I have the B12s and a multivitamin. And I just pop them in my mouth and they dissolve. And I don't have to think about swallowing a vitamin. And you don't necessarily need water either to have on hand to get this big vitamin now. Yeah, no. And they taste good. And they're sugar-free. They melt quickly. The reason they melt is because of plants. 
not chemicals. Ah, plant-based nutrition. For a limited time only, you can receive a free, free three-month supply of Easy Melt Vitamin D3 with your first purchase. To claim your free D3, visit try.easymelts.com slash onboys. That's try, T-R-Y dot Easy Melts, E-Z-M-E-L-T-S dot com forward slash onboys. Boys get dirty in the summer. When my guys were little, they spent so much time in the sandbox, in the dirt, that the bath water was visibly filthy by the end of bath time. I imagine that Bo will be spending some time outside this summer. Well, I'm remembering just yesterday what he looked like at the end of the day in Oma's garden. Because his hair was greasy and just wild, and he was definitely ready for the bath. And I love about Dabble and Dollop, especially because I have Bo and he's two, is their bubble bath. I know when I put those bubbles in his bath, he's going to be in there for a long time, which is great. And the bubbles are going to last. Dabble and Dollop bath products are made with high quality, natural ingredients. And as you said, there's everything from bubble bath to bath time shampoos, body washes, conditioner, lotion, bath bombs. We're using some Dabble and Dollop um, hand soap right now. I love the scent. I love it for myself. I'm using the coconut moisturizer. I love it. It feels great on my skin. So for kids and adults, Dabble and Dollop. You can go to Dabble and Dollop's website. That's dabblebath.com slash onboys. And you can get 20% off your first order. That's Dabble Bath, D-A-B-B-L-E-B-A-T-H dot com slash onboys and get 20% off for being a listener of onboys. Your whole book is, it's very positive and empowering. It, it's filled with these I statements because it's, it's aimed at the child. You know, I can successfully develop a positive relationship with my teachers. I can successfully and happily learn. And it struck me when I first looked at your book that these are things that a lot of us, parents, educators, subconsciously assume that boys can't do. And when we think that way, of course, that limits what we expect and what we teach and what we show our boys, doesn't it? Yes, it definitely is a fact and everything. And that's why I phrase it in I can statements because they can do it. And to, we as educators and parents need to really think about that and really come up in a positive frame light, a positive um, framework that boys can be successful and will be successful in the classroom if they're provided with the tools and strategies. But if we don't have high expectations, they're not going to fulfill them. Yeah. And sometimes we think like, having high expectations is too hard on them and it's too difficult, but they can handle it. They can handle even more than that. I've seen it. They can come together and produce great work and have very detailed conversations and do amazing stories. We just have to give them the opportunity. And 
sometimes we have to release our control a little bit because they can really do so much. Help us understand what reasonable, I'm going to say reasonable instead of high, reasonably high, what reasonable expectations look like for a typical third grade boy in terms of, you know, managing school and his homework. Okay. So expectations, the expectation would be that the student copies down the homework if it is on the board in the same notebook each day and that they refer to it. The other expectation is that they make sure that they take their right materials home. The teacher should model that. And also the the teacher should set up a peer check. So the person sitting Mm. next to them can check to make sure they have the right materials and vice versa. The other expectation is that there's a time that works for the boy and the family when homework is completed. It should be done at a time, as I mentioned, that works for everybody. It should be done in a space that they can concentrate. The other expectation is the the boy should go back and double check the homework when it's done to make sure that he completed all the components, that there's correct punctuation, correct capital letters. Because oftentimes with our boys, they'll just rush through it and say they're done, but just (laughs) slowing down and modeling that. And then essentially making sure, as we mentioned earlier, that they put the homework away. They don't just go do something else, but they put it in the right spot in their book bag and it's it's done. They also cross it off in their homework log and they should even go the step further and just let the parents know of the family or parents know that they completed it. And then the next expectation that goes for the next morning is that when the homework is collected, that they remember to give it in. Um, They put it in the right place because oftentimes, especially with middle school boys and even upper elementary school boys, they may have done the homework, but they forget to hand it in and then they get a low grade and then the parents Mm -hmm. are wondering and they're wondering. So it's a step from before they leave school till the next day. It's a process, but they they can do it. They can take charge of the homework process. How do we adapt this for kids who have, uh, you know, ADHD, autism, um, some legitimate learning challenges. There are kids who have dyslexia, dysgraphia, you know, things that interfere with their ability to do things that some of their peers can do more easily in school. One thing we can use, we can use visual checklists. We can make sure that the teacher, um, as I mentioned, is is modeling the process. Um, We can involve the peers in it. We can, um, if the students need bigger font, we can do mm. we can do that. We can differentiate the homework to match the students' needs. Um, also, um, audiobooks can be connected to this process. We can encourage students to use to find different books that interest them. If there's um, an assistant teacher in the room, um, they can definitely. Um, support the students. I mentioned the buddy check, which is imperative and also doing workshops with the parents, not just for these type of students, but for all parents about how to best support your students with homework. And those students with ADHD, autism, dyslexia, learning disabilities, dysgraphia, they can be successful too. They just needed to be provided with the supports and with those checklists and whatever resources they need to go full force ahead. I think that there are a lot of parents right now 
who wish that uh, you could just come spend some time at their house and spend time working with them and their child for a while. Thank you for saying that. I really would love to help as many boys as possible do this. I'm, I like to do workshops. I like to work one-on-one. -on -one. I like to work in small groups to really help the boys as well as help the parents really be successful because this is not an easy process, but I know that boys can take charge of their education. And as I mentioned earlier, if they do these strategies and they own these strategies, school should become more joyful and they can find more success. I got to ask, what has been the response of boys who have worked through this book with you? I, I, I know you, I know you know boys. Um, tell me about their response to this book. They've really liked the strategies. They liked um, the graphic images. They feel comfortable with it because there's not a lot of text to read. They also like the fact that there's an opportunity for each strategy for them to draw or write out their ideas. Um, within this book too, there's a narrative taking place regarding two characters, powerful pencil and successful stapler who are classmates, friends, and also tour leaders for this book so that they, they really enjoy interacting with these characters. And they mentioned to me that these strategies are working for them. They, they practice these strategies at home. They practice them at school. They, they're excited to tell their teachers about these strategies and let their parents know. Sometimes I think that I forget how wonderfully and marvelously enthusiastic third, fourth, and fifth grade boys can be. I have been immersed in tween and teen world for a very long time now. So thank you for that reminder. You're welcome. The boys, third, fourth, and fifth grade, they get excited about these strategies. They're able to discuss them. They're able to role play them. They can laugh about it. They can laugh about these, the characters, powerful pencil and successful stapler. They can relate to the characters because these narratives relate to days in the classroom. They can discuss with each other. They get excited about conversations. They share their pictures and they feel ownership. They feel like they have a voice in the classroom because yeah. they have these strategies which they apply and then they'll mention that it works yeah. and they find they find some happiness. And it's not like as a boy, I'm just sitting, oh, when is this day going to end? But they're seeing that they're being noticed. They're being listened to. They're, they're making progress. We have to remember that our boys want to be active in their lives. They want to play a role. They don't want to just have to wait and do what people tell them to do all the time. They want to be part of the narrative. And Todd, uh, your book is transforming into a powerful, I mean, what a word right there. What boy doesn't want to be powerful? Into a powerful third fourth or fifth grade navigator of school success. Thank you for reminding us that our boys can thrive in school and that they can play an active role in making their days at school easier and more joyful. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure talking about this important topic. And I'll just say that every boy can be a powerful navigator of school success, and they can feel the most confidence when they apply these strategies and use them on a daily basis. 
Well said. Thank you, Todd, for being with us and sharing this uh, important work with, with us and with our listeners. Especially if you have a third, fourth, or fifth grader, check out Todd's book. Links are in the show notes. Thanks for being our listeners. Thank you for supporting our sponsors. This is the On Boys Parenting Podcast. We are your co-host, Jennifer L.W. Fink of buildingboys.net, and I'm Janet Allison of boysalive.com. We are starting our seventh year of this podcast. If you have just become a recent listener, be sure to check out the archives. That is six years of amazing interviews and pretty much on every topic you can think of related to boys and masculinity. Go to onboyspodcast.com. There's a hyphen between each word and you'll find a search bar. Type something in. See if we've done it. If we haven't, let us know. We'll find the appropriate guest for that topic. Again, thanks for being our listeners. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.